After a very long, exciting, yet tiring weekend in Afton, Oklahoma, we are back at home base of the Schultz's basement. And my name is Tommy Coughlin. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Per usual, I am joined by my counterpart, Jack Agner. How are we doing tonight, Jack? Doing great as always, Tom. And we have a couple additional uh, guests downstairs as well here. The basement's lively today. I got Kyle Schultz sitting to my right, and I got Daniel Schultz standing across from me. And now I invited Dan formally to the podcast, and he goes, uh, Tom, maybe you should just text me if you need me, and I'll come downstairs. <laughs> but Kyle's showing a little bit more enthusiasm, so uh, <laughs> I'll pass the mic off to Kyle here, and he can address uh, everybody who came out to Oklahoma. Yeah, I just wanted to hop on real quick to say thank you to everybody who played a role in our Oklahoma series. It was definitely a, a first of its kind, first time we've ever held a series outside, you know, Colts Field or the Meadows. I want to say, Tommy, there was like a hundred people watching our game. Unbelievable stuff, and um, you know, hopefully this is the first of many uh, outside of state uh, season games because it was incredible. The resort treated us really well. All the guys had fun. I mean, we hit, you know, we were just in the group chat today. We we're like, dude, that was the highlight of the summer. Like, I don't know if that could have gone better. So. I just wanted to thank everybody for coming out. Um, I'm, I want to I be back next year. I think they want to have us back, so I don't want to put anything in stone, but uh, it was definitely a blast, and uh, maybe next year we'll get some different teams out there, maybe the same ones, um, but it was a really lot of fun. So, Tom, your, th- your general thoughts on the Oklahoma series. I mean, yeah, I'd like to share some thoughts. Um, I'm sure most of you already know kind of what went down. I know all you podcast listeners are big fans, but um, and Jack knows what went down too. However, Jack was not in attendance with Kyle and myself, so um, we we can share some stories tonight about uh, what went down in Oklahoma. That was um, that's not going to be included in the video, I guess. The video that's going to come out is going to include a lot of the other stuff we did besides wiffle football too. Just brief, you know, highlights of it. Not nothing in in depth, but um, I mean, we were there for five days, so I mean, two of those days were kind of travel days. We sent a good three and a half days actually at this resort, Shangri-La, Oklahoma. So a lot went down outside of just wiffle ball. We did have some time to relax. Kyle finally got himself a, a little mini vacation there. But um, our evenings were um, were pretty jam-packed with wiffle ball activities. Y'all, this is the first day, and I want to say four or five months, where I had five days of not not editing at all, not thinking about YouTube. I scheduled that Diamondbacks Preds video. Um, I finished it Tuesday, and I scheduled it for Friday. So that entire week... I was just living it up, chilling <laughs> in the pool. There's a fire there. Um, I even got to play golf for the first time ever. You guys probably don't know like that I don't play golf, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And my first time ever playing golf was with Tommy, Ryan Kelly, Nick Saylor. Saylor and Kelly can play some golf. Tommy's way better than me, and I suck, but I'm it was still fun too. being out there. Um, what we'll have to do? It was so it was re- it was re- like, not only did we get work done and we got a series in for the like we're, you know mm-hmm. the season's like still going along, but it was also like fun. It was relaxing for everybody because you know. The guys running MLW, like Tommy and myself, it's very stressful a lot of times during the summer, so it was kind of like pretty, you know, pretty relaxing to get away. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was definitely like a cool experience, and I would love to do it more often. Um, like until we were to hire, like be big enough and have enough income and revenue to like hire full time editors, we couldn't really realistically do that too often during the summer. Maybe once or twice a year. Um, I think it's definitely worth it, and it's cool to change sceneries. But I think I just had the idea. I think when this video drops, and you know around would be about five weeks or so not I think even it's gonna be about the first four weeks. or second week of august i think yeah, august 13th. Not, even, not even too long we we ought to get as many back here as we can for a little podcast reunion of the oklahoma gang so we can get oh everyone's my thoughts. god that'd be fun that'd be great like maybe like the day uh that video drops but maybe the next week we could get like sailor kelly waylon even get clayton on here yeah we can get clayton he'd probably only say about two words but we try to get clayton yeah <laughs> yeah but Dan, why don't you come over here for a second? Dan, he's been summoned. While we're on the the, the topic of Oklahoma, um, we can tell Jack about our experiences. And there's there's one in particular that I um that I wanted to get into here, and um, I think you know what it has to do with Dan. Do you? The arcade. <laughs> the arcade. <laughs> Let's go. Dan, Dan's no rookie to this podcast. He's been on. He was on in the quarantine days. He's uh he's part of the roots here. At Pipe it up. But um so Jack, um if you didn't see on it, go ahead. Can I guess that like Dan just won like a ridiculous amount there, of There's a lot that went down at the arcade. There's a lot that went down. You know what? I mean, do we really want to get into this right now? Yeah, let's just let's just cue the music, tail the rail. Tail the rail. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. <laughs> We may have we may have a couple of stories that go in different directions today. But we're gonna start with this one, then we'll talk Wiffle, and then Jack can talk. Jack says he's got some stories too. But while we have the Schultz down here, they were they were in Oklahoma with us. We'll start here. But we'll start this this tale here. 
with Danielle. Um, so me and you shamelessly at 22 and what 18? No, you're 19. Yeah, 19. 22, 19 years old. Um, we shamelessly went to the counter and spent $40 on our own gaming cards. So we could go play in the arcade like a couple of kids. And um, we even got made fun of it for by the lady at the counter. But regardless of that, talk about, um, you know, we had, we hyped you up at Dave and Buster's in Boston. And I think you just carried your momentum into another great day and talk about it. Talk about what happened, the details, the games, everything. Yeah, there's just something about the arcade that brings me and Tommy together. I don't know what it is. We just feel like 10-year-olds when we're in there, but it, like I'm six. it was great. Um, we we kind of gravitated. I don't know if you want to explain the type of game that uh, that I won the jackpot on, but I mean, yeah, I, we I, were there for quite a while, and we were determined to win that jackpot. Yeah, I can break it down. So the first thing I do when I go to an arcade, ever since I was... Ever since I first found this game when I was like 10 years old, is look for the game that we were playing in Boston that Daniel won, where you have... A platform that drops, you know, like a bouncy ball down from maybe a s five to six foot lift, and then on the on the f the base of the the game is the a bunch of holes with the ticket numbers labeled on each one, where you try to drop the ball into to get the jackpot. So that was one we played for a good hour at Dave and Buster's in Boston. Now this particular arcade didn't have that game, so we're like, oh no, our go-to game is not here. However, one thing that caught my eye was a similar game where same concept of dropping balls from above into targets, but this time the targets were rotating and you simply had to get rid of all 50 balls within the 60 seconds um, and not miss a single one to hit the jackpot. Now, Dan tried a couple times and claimed it was impossible, and then I came over there and I started to get on a roll, and I actually got 49, like my second or third try. I'm like, I can do this, I can do this. But then like five or six tries later, I was just getting worse and worse and worse, down to like 44 or 43 out of 50. So then... I kind of was upset about it, and I was like, you know what, this this isn't worth it. I'm going to play something else before I sell my credits, and this isn't as fun as the other game. But then I saw a look in Dan's eye, and uh, he looked invigorated. So then talk about your strategy and, and what went down after that. I mean, you have, to, you have to take into account that when you're in an arcade, pretty much every arcade game is rigged. It's just a matter, <laughs> it's just a matter of which games are less rigged. I agree. And so I, agree. I thought this game was actually possible. You know, Tommy was stuck on the game where you kind of, like, you have to fit the keyhole into the little uh, rectangle, and that game is pretty much impossible. Yeah, uh, yeah but stay, stick on this But game. yeah, the, the game that I was playing, uh, I actually thought that we had a great chance at winning. Uh, it was all about rhythm. Just had to just stay focused. It's I was hard, locked it's in. It's hard to stay focused and keep the rhythm for the full minute. That yeah, was the it was. You you have to stay there for a full minute. And uh, but you know, locked in, got the jackpot, seven hundred fifty tickets. And then should I go through what we uh, the reward, what we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't have too much for you know we're twenty two, nineteen. So it's not like we're gonna get the the army figures or Why not? the action figures. So we, we came we, in with eighteen hundred tickets. It we, wasn't. It was nothing. Nothing too flashy. We weren't gonna get. We weren't gonna get the Rolls Royce, you know. But we were. <laughs> we, we were above the Smarties and you know that kind of thing. So we we kind of resorted to the uh, the candy section. And, Dan, you're uh, telling me that you wouldn't want a stuffed Tasmanian devil like hanging in your room somewhere or something. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm telling no. you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. So we resorted to the Sour Patch Kids, came home with nine of them. Uh, I gave a few away. And Still got a few in people. my room. So but, yeah. Uh, oh, you, you didn't give them all away yet? I gave. Well, I for gave the record. Maybe because we because you earned them, and I don't know. We were just we just walked out of there happy, like we always do when we leave the arcade. Those were the best Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Those I've ever were had in my really life. good. They I thought just, they were going to be like three years old. They, but. No, they were like. It was like they were Sour Patch Kids that were freshly picked from the Sour Patch bush that morning, <laughs> and then packaged and sent. They were like. They weren't like soggy. They weren't crunchy. They were just a perfect texture, great flavor. And as a spectator, Daniel just downplayed his jackpot, but it was pretty electric in there, you know, as it always is. I like to hype them up, but they probably ne played, they probably tasted I, better too because of just, just the hard work and victory. determination. Yeah, the taste of sweet victory. Dude, Tom, I was just chilling in the hotel room when I saw that story go up on the MLW feed. I'm like, oh my god, it happened again. Of course it did. It only happens to Dan. Only him. So Dan's just like an arcade legend, basically. Basically, I mean, I consider myself an arcade legend too. But Dan, I think I just kind of, he's just kind of my apprentice, and I've taught him well. And um, you know it's like wiffle ball. I'm just getting old, man. I've lost my. I've lost. Some point. I think I've lost a step in the arcade too. Yeah. Although Dan, I absolutely dunked on Dan on the Big Buck Hunter game. He shot like garbage. Like he only had one eye. I mean that kid couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> I, I could. I couldn't miss. But no, I want to talk about Dan's jackpot. So he's locked in. He keeps trying and trying. And for the record, we would have kept going until we got this thing. But I had faith he would get it eventually. And then I think Neil and I 
we were, I think we were throwing rings at the bottles that we were doing. And then I kind of saw Neil like turn around and start staring at you like I knew you hadn't missed one yet. And then I turn around and Dan's got like a 45 degree bend in his knees. He's bending at the back and he's just slamming this button. He's not moving and I see it counting down like the number of balls. He has like five left and he hits all five in the last one. They all go in. So he's already completed all 50 and he's still slamming the button like locked in. He doesn't even realize he's won. Yeah, that was and the then, thing then I kinda, didn't realize. And he kind of freezes. He looks up. The machine starts blinking and then just both hands in the air. And it was, <laughs> it was, that was awesome. When you're locked in like that, you don't want to take any chances. I didn't realize I had, I had put all the balls in. I was just still going. He was sti- he could have gone could not for another, take another, any chances. another 50 balls. He was ready to go. I, I was in a rhythm. Hey, Tom, tell me more about the stance. The stance. I'm very intrigued by it. I mean, I, I could stand up and demonstrate for you why you want to take the microphone here. But, I mean, literally it was feet a little wider than shoulder width apart. A little, little wider than shoulder feet apart. He had one hand kind of... Like out, his left hand was outstretched a little bit, giving him that leverage forward. And the right hand is bent, and he's slamming this button like da 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 as these balls are going across, around and around as the little targets are, and the balls are dropping, and the eyes are just wide, like he's just seen a ghost, like he's just locked in, a little sweat trickling down his forehead maybe. But no, that was awesome. And then he almost won another jackpot, but that game once again probably rigged. But almost won. Like Daniel said, it's it's a good piece of advice. Every arcade game is pretty much rigged, but some are less rigged than others. I actually have one more question. Was there like a crowd surrounding you guys? Like, were people onto this kid, or were, was it kind of just like Daniel celebrating and nobody else knew what happened? Well, see, the problem is, is you forget how old you are sometimes when you're when you're in there. So, we got kids aging age ranging from probably seven to twelve in there, and then you have two grown men like, "Oh my God, let's go!" and we're all excited. <laughs> and what was really what is I shouldn't say what was really specifically to this place. This is in general now everywhere I go. I, I'm not a fan of the digital tickets. I want to see my 750 tickets printed out so I Wait, can walk. digital? Every, it's just digital counter on a screen, man. What? It just, you lose the novelty of walking around the arcade like, that's right, I'm that guy. What do they I'm do that to guy. scan your phone or something? It's all just on a card. Dave & Buster's is the same way. There's no physical tickets anymore. Dude, I haven't been to an arcade in a well, while. You're talking, to the, you're talking to me right now. I'm okay? talking to the arcade. Although my last two arcade runs have been with Daniel, but... I mean, if I see an arcade, I'm going in. It's just a fact of the matter. I, I do it. It's fun. It's like it's like a casino, but you can't actually win anything besides overpaying for, for prizes that you could just get online probably. But we, Daniel did the math, and he doesn't think we got too bad of a deal on those Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to buy them in bulk, we'd definitely overpaid, but single, singular off a shelf Dan's in a candy using, store. Dan's using the same stance for the game to crunch the numbers after to he figure was. out if you guys overpaid We, we were, we were walking, and he's kids. like, that's yeah, how we spent forty bucks. He's like, yeah, we didn't do too bad. He's like, we get, we did all right, but um, so we walk out of there feeling like kings. I meet my sour patch kids, and I'm I'm thankful for Dan's big win. I had a good time, and I thought, you know, that was that was that for the arcade that weekend. But then something else transpired at the arcade a few days later. That was uh, honestly one of the highlights of my life. Um, Jack, this would be a good one for you because you have no idea what I'm about to say, okay. but. So on the final night, we were, had planned a pitching clinic and a home run derby for the for the, the Shangri-La guests and the MLW fans that were in attendance. And radar was clear. No rain. Well, there was a chance of rain kind of all day. Every day we were there. It was dry. Never rained on us except for overnight. So we start the pitching clinic, and then I kind of noticed it got cloudy. I was like, what's going on? What, is it going to rain on us? And then um, the Lee, the, like, the director of operations at the building, is like, yeah, we are going to get some rain. Let's delay this thing a little bit because the radar is kind of just forming right on top of us, you know? So it just starts raining and raining and raining. Anyway, we actually ended up canceling the home run derby altogether. So that was kind of a bummer. I'm not going to lie. I was, ex- I was excited for that. I would have rather, like, canceled the pitching clinic and then did the home run derby, but we, the rain came out of nowhere, and it rained, like, down, pouring rain for, like, four or five hours. Like, we st- that event was scheduled for 8 o'clock. We left the anchor, the place we were at, um, at like 11.30, and it was still pouring. Like there was, I don't know, it was weird. The rain comes out of nowhere, I guess, in Oklahoma. But anyway, so Kyle and I and this director are discussing our options, what we want to do, and he's like, oh, you know what? Let me just give everybody who signed up a $10 arcade credit, and that way um, you guys can keep your money. Everyone's going to go have fun in the arcade. And then he's like, do we, have, do we know who signed up? And I'm like, yeah, we put a, you know, we have Sharpie marker on everybody's hands who signed up. And then he's like, okay, well then, if I see a Sharpie on someone's hand at the counter, I'll just make sure they get their $10 credit. And then as a joke, I was like, oh, let me go look for a Sharpie really quick. Cause in, like, I was going to sharpen my yeah. own hand. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you guys can go in there and play too. And then he started to like walk away and he's like, you know what? He goes, just take this. And he reaches into his wallet and uh, pulls, out a, pulls out a little credit card looking thing. And I go, what's this? 
And then I looked him in the eye, and he just gave me that look like, that's that's the gold. That's right the card. That's the card. That and is I just the go, card. I'm like, he didn't even say anything, and I just go, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then I, oh, that card. So then I, I kind of slip it in my pocket, and I kind of look around, catch my bearings, and I'm like, what just happened? And I see Dan's perched up against a little post outside, looking at the rain, and I, I, I kind of slowly walk over to him and catch my breath, and I go, Dan, you're not going to believe it's in my pocket right now. And he goes, what? And I go, just guess. He goes, uh, what'd you, I forget what you even guessed. I think he guessed it was like food, a food gift card or something. He's like, he's like what'd, you, what'd Lee give you? And I was like, I, was like, I got the black card. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? I was like, the black card. And, now, and I just hold it up, and he, goes, he just goes, what's that? And I go, I go, this is the key to everything. This is the key <laughs> to the castle. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. This is a lot of power. But you, so I, I walk in there feeling like a million bucks, and I'm like, the, this arcade is my oyster here. I can do whatever I want. So I don't know. We started slow. We got, we got warmed up with a little bit of basketball. Then we started playing uh, the ball game again. Then I was playing basketball with fans. I was, but then, funny enough, there was kids there who signed up, and they were playing the game where you try to put the key into the slot to win like gift cards and stuff like yep. Daniel was talking about. And then... They're like, you want to try it? I was like, yeah, sure. And before I can even speak, he swipes his card. So like, he's using his own credits to let me play. I was like, dude, why? Oh. But I don't want to be like, I have a card that unlocks every game <laughs> in the arcade. So I didn't want to say that. So then I'm like, dude, what was that for? I, I would have paid for it. And then he's like, no, 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 go, go, go. So then I do it, and I get like really close. Even though I was playing it earlier, I know really close is, doesn't matter. It's like It's still it's so, still so rigged, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, you're going to win this for sure. Swipes his card again. I'm like, bro, Yo. stop swiping your card. I have, the, I have a card. We can play this game for free. So then I'm trying to offer him like a free swipe. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're not paying for me. I'm like, dude, just let me swipe my card here. Because then like, once I swiped it, it would have said like employee card. Like He would have realized it. But kid walked away. Never got his chance. So if you're listening to this, bud, oh, that's you, you. you missed out because you were in for a treat there. You could have the time but the night of your life. It was hard. <laughs> it was a lot of power to manage. It was... And you kind of lose the novelty of like I don't know it didn't yeah, feel I was the gonna same. Say, I was gonna say the novelty it. was gone. I couldn't earn any tickets on it. Like yeah. when I would say oh. I would, we would play a game and it, we'd get like eighty tickets, like the piano keys game. I was rock star at that one, um, and I'd win like eighty tickets, and they'd be like tickets will not be awarded as they counted up. So like yeah. it was just, the novelty was kind of gone. That's what I was gonna ask. But, were you even getting tickets? But it sounds like you're not. I no, feel like no I, tickets. I feel like that almost cuts like the fun from the arcade. It. Like, even if you're not it, satisfied with, like, a million Sour Patch kids, like, it would be cool if they had a different prize for someone, like, older yeah. kids our age, but still the satisfaction of, like, holding 500 tickets in your you hand want the and physical you go value. on the counter and you're yeah. like, give me the biggest stuffed animal you got. Yeah. You you want to walk up there with the tickets over your, like, when you're, like, a five-year-old kid, yeah. like, the tickets are, it's like, it's like your wedding veil behind you. It's, like, just a gown. Like, that's when you know. You see yeah. that kid and you're like, Oh my God, Mom! Yep. Look at that kid. And then that kid just walks around. And he's just looking straight forward for that counter. Oh yeah, he's going right for the counter. It's just such a like <laughs> low key, but not even just a flex of just like, yeah, I'm sick at arcade games. You know, it like has the same energy is when you go to like an amusement park and you see the kids bouncing the basketballs on their way out. Oh yeah. Oh my God, oh, they yeah. won, and that just attracts you to go play it. So that's, that's maybe what right. it is. Maybe they need to get back to it. Uh, I agree. If I were to open an arcade right now, I I wouldn't even care if it was. If I was operating this at a, like a lower, if I was making less money because of this, because of the physical tickets and everything, yeah. I feel like I would do it. I don't understand. Is it, is it really that much that they're saving I mean, to make it electronic? I, I think know. it's just that tickets are messy. They're a hassle. Yeah, no, they you know what are. I mean, but that was the best when you were sitting there as a kid and your machine was when your machine was lit up and you yeah. just this thing was just pouring out tickets and everyone was walking by you and they're like, wow, nice job. And it's just going and going and going. But it literally like defeats the purpose. Like it's not even tickets anymore. You might as well call them like the credits, basically. Fun bucks. Or, yeah, like credits <laughs> fun or bucks. something. How lame is that? Like, yeah. Anybody remember that? The ticket eater? You put them in and then yeah, you press the Yeah, that was the best part. And you get your card. I get paper cuts. Yeah. I, I'd, have, I'd have rolls and rolls of paper cuts because I'd win that <laughs> ball game so many times and then, yeah, it was all worth it though. It was so fun. I remember at Kalahari, once again, I was too old for this. I was oh, like 13. I love that arcade is sick. I love Kalahari. That arcade is arcade. sick. Um, but yeah, I remember winning like four or five jackpots in one sitting, and like literally I had paper cuts on my hands, and I ended up, but it wasn't even that great of a prize. I got a pillow, a Kalahari pillow. Dave and Busters, the fact that I got a t shirt after like 30 minutes in that arcade, that's sick. I'm wearing a t shirt right now, by the way. I always wear this thing. From DB? Yeah, I got a DB t shirt. That's pretty electric. I know. It says winner. Mm hmm. 
But ever since I've worn it, I feel like I haven't worn a whole lot. Maybe it's a curse. Maybe it's not humble enough. Do you think know. Buster's mad that Dave put his name first? <laughs> I've heard this joke before. Oh, is that a joke? I'm, that's not a joke, but I've heard like I've heard, I've heard <laughs> I, Dave and Buster's is like is a meme. Is it like two people? It's a meme. I don't know, but is there was a people? meme. There was like a Dave and Buster's like meme, I think. But what'd you say? It, uh, D&B's rolls off the tongue pretty good. Yeah, it does. But there was, it's funny, like the arcades are evolving. A lot of the games are like ones I don't recognize. Like this one, they were still fun, but like that one ticket game you're playing, Dan, where you had to use like the, the crane arm to like grab the tickets. That was new. Um, now there's like VR games, which is crazy. We did some, they had VR at Shangri-La. That was super cool. Did they have Me one? Khaled, like did, VR racing. Did they have one? It's not even really like a game, but you like put quarters in and it pushes Make the quarters. slides off, yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, I never understood how that, like, I, I always got, saw it be like, oh, if I just put one yeah. or two more in, like, I'm going to get so many rigged, quarters. Rigged. So rigged. It's so rigged. They stack on That's top the of each crazy other. thing, too. I mean, like, the kids have fun going to the arcade, but it really is just, like, adults who set up the arcade scheming mm-hmm. little kids yeah. to just continue Well, that's to, like, even the, I watched, I remember this, like, ruined my childhood. I watched a video about how claws are, like, programmed. Like, the claw is literally To, like, rigged. drop it. Did you yeah. know that? To a, drop a it? A claw is literally programmed to where... Every like to not forget, clamp to give to, up to not weight. fully yeah. clamp. Yeah, it's pro. It's programmed in the system like every eighth turn to clamp down harder. Like, but I feel like I would win Dude. more than other kids. Maybe that's because I played too much. But I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if it's even possible to win. I think it is, but it's just less. Oh likely. no, it's possible. I went on a hot streak <laughs> one time as a child with the claw. It was Did like you? I probably I probably won the claw because there was one in Red Robin. We used mm-hmm. to go to Red Robin every time, mm-hmm. and I went and like I think I yeah, won I it like that. two yep. or three times in a row because I try yes, like that's a not supposed times. to happen. You're just an I know, and I was like, I think I'm gonna spend the rest of my life just like dedicating to doing mm-hmm. the claw, and just never panned out. I always thought like having a claw like in my house would be the coolest thing, but I feel like the novelty of it would wear off so fast that like I'd rather have like a Pac Man machine. Yeah, or pinball. Pin- cool. I think a light pinball, pinball would be, would be sick. sick. Pinball, pinball would be, be so sick, cool. Yeah. Um. My, I've seen one of those. Like one of my dad's buddies from high school um, has a Donkey Kong full size arcade game in his basement. It's really cool. Nice. I haven't been there in probably ten years now, but it's super cool. That's pretty awesome. I think he might have two. Or he like, might, he might like, have a Miss Pac Man. Um, what's the like spaceship game? Like, like uh, Galactica. Yeah, like Galact. Like that'd Galact- be pretty. That'd be cool. pretty sweet. That'd be. Pretty I agree. Dope. I think that's a cool thing to have in a basement. It's like an arcade machine or two. Yeah. It's just a good. That's a retro look. It's cool. It is. But I want to know. We we shared a lot of stories in this podcast about uh, backyard games and other fans' backyard games. But does anyone have any crazy arcade stories? There's got to be some out there, because Dan Dan's probably up there with the best of them for his his jackpot stories. The monster jackpot that you won in Boston, like that's literally not supposed to happen. That's not supposed to get won. No, he got. I think he got one regular jackpot, one monster. Right. But the monster one, the regular jackpot can happen. The monster one is in the center, so you can't get it, and somehow you got it. I can you. Jack, hand in the microphone. Do you even remember what happened? Like, how the ball got in there? No, dude, that's all luck. At that point, like, you can't control how, how that. It's it, in the b- center. How did it bounce that way is my question. I don't, you don't even, even remember. remember. Sometimes you, it just blacked takes out. a weird... <laughs> blacked out from the excitement? I don't know. Sometimes it just takes a weird bounce, ricochets, and just ends up in the center, and you don't know how it got there. Because that's literally not supposed to happen. That was like Dan is guaranteed tickets. to black out during any arcade <laughs> game that he wants to win. That Boston... This I think the Boston trip... That got Daniel's feet wet in the arcade realm of excitement. This one, he was a little more humble with his winnings, but I'll never forget that Boston trip just for the just for the arcade. It is when it's a big jackpot like that. Like that was a big one. Was a, the one you almost hit was a thousand, but that was a seven fifty. It was a seven seventy five by the time we won. It was high, and it reset to five hundred and it only goes up by five every time. So that means it hadn't been won in like five. So it's twenty, forty. It was like sixty five turns in between that. I would always get like a, a million. Of those little things that you could like snap and like set it on the table and it would oh, pop little in the pu- air. Yeah, they look you like a little I mean? like half of a bouncy then, ball almost yeah. hollowed out. Yeah, those are fun. And I would also get the little like um, Chinese things that you get your fingers stuck in. The Chinese, they had those. Yeah, Ch- yeah. The Chinese, yep. what are those called? Chinese handcuffs? Chi- yeah, Chinese, what is it? Finger traps. Chinese finger yeah. trap. Yeah, I would always make those. my little sister do it and be like, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those were. I never really understood that, but I, I had a, I, I had way too many of them as a child. Like, I don't know how they were still entertaining to me, but like I always thought this was, they were stupid. But I would always end up with one somehow. I, feel I think like. I probably got a couple yo-yos too, maybe from arcade. Just yo-yos, like cheap yo-yos. Yeah. You guys want to hear about yo-yos? Talk to Alec Warda. 
Alec Warda turned into a yo-yo fiend. I got into. I, got, I have a nice yo-yo too. Alec permits me to buy it. I got into Chinese yo-yo. Those are sweet. At one point, those and are me and Warda might huge. honestly. They're huge. Me, me, me and Warda might honestly done it together, but it was mm-hmm. it was really cool. I got to hard? do some cool tricks. Or is it pretty? It was. It's it's pretty hard, but you get the hang of it pretty quick. It it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It do, it's not as hard as it looks. Because that's like the yo-yo is detached from the string, correct? And it's kind of yeah. like... You have like, like, I could launch it like a, 30 a, feet in the air and then catch it on yeah, the string. Yeah, that's pretty sick. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then there's like cool tricks you can do with the string, like moving the yo-yo mm-hmm. around. But... I'm um, trying to think of the best arcade prize I've ever gotten, like from an actual arcade. I have one... I think it was two separate events. It may have... It was bo- it was from both times. It was from making a basketball shot like Cedar Point has, whatever you want to call right. it. Yeah. And those are rigged too. Those rims are tiny. They're, yeah, they're and, so but I used to have a good shot because I would play basketball all the time where my dad worked out when I was a kid and too young to work out. Now I'm terrible at basketball. I was never a good like dribbler or like defenseman or anything like that. Like I couldn't I couldn't like compete in like a five on five or a three on three, but I could always shoot really good. So one year I remember I won a stand from South Park, like plush toy. And then the next year, like basically the same company, I won like a despicable me minion thing. I thought those were cool. I think the only thing I ever got from an art like like a real big prize was just when I was a little kid and I wanted the stuffed ant, like stuffed Spider Man mm-hmm. and I like literally wouldn't leave without it. Yeah. My mom like went to the arcade game whatever. I think it was one of those like squirt gun. Yeah, you know, you I, to, those like, ones are always target. If you miss the first, like you have if to you, hit it. You have to hit right it right away. away yeah, screwed. and yeah, she she was sitting there for probably an hour yeah. trying to like get it to give me this. I'd let my kid do the same frickin', thing. Yeah. Makes you, feel, you can't let your kid walk away a loser. Right, exactly. I don't care. And I'm walking out of there with the biggest chest, I'll too. Wor- like I'll, seven w- years I'll work old. overtime for my kid to have enough money to go out there and win a, an arcade game in front of a bunch of other little kids. It makes you That's feel right. good. I don't know if I, I like an actual, first of all, I'm a carnival hater. I've always thought they were sketchy, and like the rides are always convinced that. We just had a carnival accident in Michigan like two weeks ago at, the, at Traverse City. You didn't see that on the news? No, I did not. Kyle, did you see that on Twitter or anything? The Traverse City. There was like a Traverse City thing where like it was spinning in a wheel and the whole thing started to rock and like eight, oh and yeah, like eighty did. people were holding yeah, it down and they had to push it back. Yeah, City. I saw. Yeah, that. it was like national news, but things like that happen. Remember the thing? What was it a couple years ago where like people? Have you seen the ones where like people do the Tower of Terror and then like get their hair ripped off? Ugh. Have you seen those ones? I'm telling you, th- Dude, I, like, I'll, they'll I'll get do... to the top and then on the way down, like mm-hmm. l- like girls who have long hair or sometimes people who have long like dreadlocks or like mm-hmm. braids. Like they'll, it's dude. getting like it's got like caught in the machine, and then it just, oh, dude. My cousin, I think I'm, I may have <laughs> already said imagine? this. This maybe I've already been told in the podcast, but we talked about roller coasters and stuff at Cedar Point on here before. My cousin's best oh. friend, I was just with him at a bachelor party a couple weeks ago. Actually, John, name's John Trumbull, funny guy. He, there's witnesses too. They all saw it. Maybe they're overreacting to it. And maybe they all remember it wrong because of how traumatic it was. But he claims riding the Mantis at Cedar Point, which is now called is it Rougarou now? What's yeah, it called? Yeah, it's like a, it's like it a, changed. But kind used, of a kitty one, right? Used, no, no, no. It used to be the one where you stand up straight. The one where you're standing. Oh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, was, I don't know what it's it called. It was like though. probably, this is probably 15 years ago now. But anyway, he claims on the f- initial climb before the first hill, his like over the head guard just popped up. So then he just literally grabbed it and held there the whole ride. Oh, <laughs> was he going and upside th- down and stuff? Yeah, it was a loop. The first drop's oh. a loop. Yeah. But like the force Dude. of the coaster like kept it against his chest, you know? That's so scary. But, and then he tells the woman, they didn't even delay the ride. He, t- he told them, and he was like frantic afterwards, like, my, my thing was broken. I could have fallen out, all this stuff. And they checked it, and they said it, it passed, and they just kept the ride going. I swear to you. Top-notch security there. Dude, uh, that's, at least that's like Cedar Point. I'm telling you, these carnival, every carnival you see, those things just get packed up and shipped around the world. Like, I don't see how anyone would feel safe going on any of those sketchy rides. Like, the ones where you're just getting beaten and battered around. Like, there's one where, like, you're, like, on a Ferris wheel, but you're in a cage, and it's, like, spinning. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? I think All those I, things sketch me out. I've never gone on anything like that before. I think deep down when I go to, like, a carnival or a fair, mm-hmm. I'm mostly just going hoping that I, like, would just witness, like, a thing. <laughs> but you're terrible. No, I'm just kidding. But it's, I actually go uh, for the food. Yeah. Like, I'm a sucker for carnival food. What do you like? Like, you cotton like candy, cakes. elephant ear, like, funnel yeah, cake? Yeah, like, elephant ears or funnel cakes. Okay. Oh, funnel cake. I, I like I said, I've always avoided them. I don't even like amusement parks. I, I've never liked roller coasters, but I go What's on what? them. An elephant ear is like a funnel. Ca- it's like the same. It's literally just fried. It's literally a funnel <laughs> cake, except there's no funnels. Like yeah. it's just a one 
slab of it's just fried. fried it's fried. I don't what, know what sugar, it is. Sugar like cake. I it's don't even just, know what it it's is. Really like it's literally just batter. Fr- it's batter. <laughs> it's like a fry. It's like a deep fried pancake. Imagine is basically ima- what a <laughs> is. That's actually imagine, exactly what it is. Imagine eating an onion ring with no onion in the middle. <laughs> that's basically what an elephant is. <laughs> and cover it in powdered sugar. Yeah, that's but pretty no, much it's it. like a pancake, like Jack said. Very good. Yeah, but those, yeah, that's exactly what it is, Dan. The one thing I know we do got to get into some wiffle ball here. We're already thirty minutes in almost, but. The one thing that Wait, I like from... Ball? <laughs> what is wiffle ball? <laughs> Wait, what? Um, the one thing that I do like, at like not necessarily at carnival, but like fairs or like... What, what, what should I call them? Mm, what's the proper term for like a thing? Flea market. No, not a flea market. Like I like, love flea markets. It's almost like a... I'm like blanking. Dude, flea like, markets What would you call like the Royal Oak, like Arts Beats and Eats, like the Milford thing downtown or like when there's like a tents fair. and everything. Is that, that's not a fair though, is it? It's like a... Like a market fair. A market fair? So you don't know what it's called either. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dad, can we I get a Google? Google, like, what is it called when, like, you go from, like, tent to tent and you're shopping for, like, homemade jewelry? Flea or, market. Like, it's a flea market? That's a flea market. No, what, what no, do you call no. It? What do you call it? Antiques? No, not antiques. No, no, no. It's a flea market. It's, it's got to be market. something like that. Dude, I got The one in Milford, Michigan is called stories. Milford Memories, and the one in Royal Oak is called Arts, Beats, and Eats. Flea market? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I guess go into a flea market then. But... A turkey leg. Have you ever had like a high scale turkey leg from a place like that? Like Disney World has them too. No. Dan, have you, Dan, have you had a turkey leg? A turkey leg. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a weirdo. He says, I don't know. You can get like, I'd have to search after this. Now I just sound like an idiot, but I'm leaving this in because it's funny. <laughs> but you can get like, if you've been to Disney World, they have like fresh turkey legs that are massive and they're really, really good. Like smoked, like, oh, Mar- like Mark Zuckerberg dude. smoked meats. <laughs> that never actually that sounds story, so good it's really good and I've had them in multiple places aka Royal Oak and in Disney World but that's off topic but yeah moral of the story is Carnival sketched me out I will never go on any of those rides um, other games are rigged like arcades amusement parks I'll go on the rides like with, with people but I never have liked roller coasters not that they really scare me I mean like I guess big ones like kind of are intimidating but I always feel sick on the way home too many roller coasters I feel like I'm gonna throw up on the ride home every time I used to Every not. Time. I used to not like them at all. Mm-hmm. Now I love them. Well, I remember I like was like I'm really a ride young. Warrior. I'm, I'm talking. You're a warrior. I'm, a ride I'm talking warrior. like when I was really young, like five, six, seven. Like I had friends who were like, yeah, I go to Michigan Adventure and I go to Cedar Point and stuff, and I was like yeah. super scared because I'd never been on one before. Then I went on my first roller coaster at Michigan Adventure, and I was like addicted that day. Like I thought this was the coolest thing ever, and I yep. went on every ride. The big wooden one in the front. Yeah, those are wooden coasters are brutal. That's a whole those other story. Are, those scare. Those, those sketch are horrible. me. Horrible. Yeah. It's just so bumpy. But um, I was, like, addicted, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and it's all I wanted to do. But then the way home, I felt like absolute garbage, and I've never liked them since. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Your body's just getting tossed around by gravity, yeah. basically. Our first... And <laughs> physics. <laughs> Our first plane ride on the way down to um, Oklahoma, we flew into Houston, then to Oklahoma. Um, that was, like, a roller coaster ride. That was probably the second most or most turbulent flight I've ever been on. You ever had any bad flights, Jack? Not really, like, too bad. Not turbulence where... Like, people are, like, crying and stuff in the plane. See, like, no not one, that everyone bad. was pretty calm in our plane, to my surprise. But I felt really bad because it was, it was really funny because this was Nick Saylor's first time flying, and he's in the seat right behind me. Him and Kelly, it was me and Daniel in row, say, 21, and then in 22 behind us was Saylor and Kelly. And, like, I knew it was a pretty turbulent flight, and, like, I, I knew it was fine and everything because I've flown, it was probably, like, my eighth or ninth time flying. I don't know. But, um... Kelly's like, oh, dude, don't worry about it. This is like, it happens every time. It happens every time. And I knew, like, in I knew in my head, I'm like, no way, Kelly's been on this many flights this turbulent. But he was trying to keep Sailor calm, and Sailor hand, he handled it well. I don't think he was too upset or anything. But after we get off the plane, Kelly's like, yeah, dude, that was really bumpy because <laughs> it's not usually that bad. What do you think, Dan? Worst flight you ever been on? Yeah, that was definitely the most turbulence I've ever gotten. I just I didn't mind it except it came at a bad time because I was trying to watch the season finale of Loki. If you guys are any uh, MCU fans out there, and, and so I was literally flying around trying to watch this thing on my phone. Yeah, our heads were getting whipped, and I could not way. keep focused. I was trying to sleep because I only got like three and a half hours of sleep the night before, and I was not sleeping on that plane. No yeah, way, no. And I also made the mistake of I don't remember my last flight before this was Boston, Boston, and then the before that was my senior spring break in high school. Um, and I don't remember like the plane being that loud, and I didn't have AirPods at the time. But now, since then, I I bought myself AirPod Pros, which are noise canceling. I really wish I would have brought those. I didn't I didn't bring them because I didn't want to lose them or anything. So Huge I brought my regular difference. corded, 
But yeah, like I feel like I had to have my music on so loud, just like drown out the plane. And I wish I had the noise canceling stuff on. But I got a, <clears throat> I got a really nice pair of like Bose noise canceling. Those are nice. And those are like I know my, I know some literally a game changer yeah. on airplanes. Airplanes, like bus rides for for lacrosse, like when mm-hmm. we're traveling and stuff, like just tuning it everything out, locking in. Even if you're just trying to like sleep, like you can literally just mm-hmm. flip on the noise cancellation, like mm-hmm. not even listen to anything or listen. Like sometimes when I'm studying, I'll listen to like focus music or something on YouTube Lo-fi or study like beats. or like rain mm-hmm. or like you yeah. know what I mean, just like something in the White background, noise. yeah, to like keep out outside noise, but let me still mm-hmm. like focus. Yeah, that's our our um. Cause I was always the first one to go to sleep at my house at school. Um, I was um. <laughs> I was, I'm laughing because it's been so long without wiffle ball yeah. talk, but I was always the first one to sleep at school and like my walls to both outside, I'd hear people in the streets like messing around and like my roommates would still be awake, like doing homework or playing video games or whatever. So I, I would put on like, if I didn't have, it got so cold in my room that I didn't want to have the fan on anymore in the winter, but I would like put on white noise on YouTube, like on my phone and like turn it over. It made a crazy difference. But then after like a month, I like got sick of it and stopped doing it and it wasn't yeah. as cold anymore, but I'm telling you it does help. It's mandatory. But okay, should we talk whiff? We should probably talk a little whiff. I mean, right. at this point, yeah, we are a well. ball we podcast. We are we are whiff ball podcast. A whiff ball is seen on our main our main uh, podcast right. logo, so um, we might as well. Um, if you guys didn't know, we uh, we're in a whiff ball league. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, we're major in a league, league whiffle. Yeah, we play in this thing called MLW. You may have seen it on YouTube once or twice, but um. Our most recent upload last Friday was D-backs versus Predators. Good series. Did you, did you ch- catch the video, Jack? I did catch the video. I think? was there, too. You were there. That's yeah. right. You were there it, filming. It was a good, I mean, you know, arguably two of the top teams. D-backs, obviously, have mm-hmm. got to be, you know, top one or two teams top in the one. league. Top, top, top two and not top two. Top team, yeah. Top two and not two. Top two and not two, exactly. Um, I, th- I thought... Uh, a bright spot for the Preds was actually McGlade. Like, him picking up a win mm-hmm. against Norp was, was pretty huge. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Alex probably pretty upset that they didn't win that last game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because once you get that win against the w- number one pitcher, you're feeling pretty good against the number two. But Jonah did well. Jonah did Norp great. hit another mic'd up home run. Yeah. That was pretty swag. Um, yeah, I mean, just solid from both teams all around. It was Pretty close. I think the Preds could have hit a little bit better in games one and three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like the Preds are a streaky team. They they're kind of yeah. They, they I feed think off each other's energy. They do. And when I mean, even when the problem is when they're on, it seems like they're all on. Mm-hmm. And when they're off, it's just like maybe Warda will get a home run here or there, or mm-hmm. like a walk or two, and then like the rest of the guys in the lineup are kind of trying to piece together some hits. What do you think? So, like yeah, watching I, that I, video, I was like, and watching the game live, I was way less scared of the Predators. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean Ryan's a solid pitcher. McGlade's good. Now this team may be affected a lot by the radar gun, which we now have, because now we the have like, an actual speed limit. Yeah, McGlade throws hard. McGlade threw very throws hard. hard. Yeah, Dan Dan's looking at me like I'm crazy, but you think? No, you don't think he throws hard. Okay, I oh, said Dan's I'm not confirming. Crazy. He's, he's confirming. not crazy. He's giving and me a McGlade does. He's giving hard. me a blank stare like he was giving that arcade machine when he was locked in. But yeah, McGlade throws hard. So I think the radar is going to be awesome for the league. The yeah, it really, gun. it really won't. It's not like we're going to make people throw slow. Do you like, know what you're going to put it as, or are you going to just have to watch a couple so pitches and figure and out what it is? Went to test it. Now, uh, here's the plan. I'll tell you guys the plan. Um, you can give the mic to Dan too. Yeah. We went to test it. Dan was throwing risers. I was throwing pitches, and like. When I was throwing a riser, like it's hard. A slider, first of all, you'd be surprised, comes into the plate a lot slower just because I have no idea why. But riser's coming fast. When I was ch- absolutely chucking a riser at the plate, it was coming in at like 77 or 78, and Dan was doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, so it's measuring the fastest velocity. It's measuring the fastest velocity. We, we kind of experimented a lot, and I found that my, like, my basic riser would sit at like 68 to 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So, now, like, now, once again, this is measuring. This 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 is displaying the fastest speed that it catches in the time frame. So it's pretty much capturing out of the hand velocity. So yeah, we only pitch from thirty eight feet away. So mm-hmm. if you do the equivalent math, like this is very hard. It's to like hit. hundred miles an hour. It is very hard to hit yeah. for baseball. Yeah, hundred miles an hour at its fastest time. But I'm telling you right now, it's like it sounds faster than it is. But Dude, I know that is this, is a, this is a very um. We'll give him a plug here. 
It's a very nice, expensive radar gun system. Um, no, I shouldn't say expensive. Fairly priced <laughs> radar gun <laughs> system. But I'm saying it's, it's high quality. Is what yes, I'm trying to say. yes, yes. It's from Pocket Radar. So, um, yeah. So, we're thinking right now, and this will probably be the plan going into the first, this next three games. We, didn't, we couldn't have it in Oklahoma, unfortunately. And we actually wanted to debut this during the All-Star weekend, but it was pouring down rain, that whole thing, so we couldn't yeah, use it. that was a big bummer. Feasible. So that would, that would have given us a great idea. Now we're kinda just going to have to go into this a little bit unsure of what it's going to look like. But for these next three games, the speed limit's probably going to be 72, and that's like the, the limit. Now, if you pitch the ball 73 or 74, you'll get one of those warnings per inning with, like, no, no harm, okay? Yeah. If you do it twice in one inning, that'll be a, that'll be a ball. And if you throw 75-plus on a single pitch, that'll be a ball, too. So that's no warnings if you go that fast, if that makes sense. So the the biggest punishment, then, would just be continued ball, balls? Just a ball, yeah. If you're going too hard, it would be balls. Yeah, nothing nothing crazy. No ejections or anything mm. like that. And once again, we're not trying to make it... <laughs> we're not trying to make it so... You think we should toss people, Jack? I mean, like, think about it, like... Maybe multiple. If you got a guy, if you're like throwing right on the fringe of the limit, mm-hmm. and it's like you're getting people to swing or you're hitting the zone, and it's o two mm-hmm. to like get that strikeout, you could literally take three chances of throwing like a super hard That's pitch. That's true. That's true. And just keep getting balls. Well, once again, this is not this is not set in stone. This this could even if we play these three games, and um, it's too fast, it's too slow. We can make adjustments, but we can't do it until all the teams have played at that same thing. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. This is this that, is a very this fair. is a very no, that's fair. This is a very sense. this is a very fluid situation. Here. Work in progress. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it, okay. it may not even be figured out perfectly until twenty twenty two. You know what yeah. I mean? But we need to do something. Absolutely. Now, absolutely. Are, now are we almost like contradicting ourselves because when we were talking about the sub- foreign substance thing, we were saying that the MLB was foolish to do it in the middle of their season yeah, to change their rule, true. and now we're literally doing mm-hmm. that. We are. But I think it. It has to be done. And I don't it think we're hypocrites, done. really, on the Pipe It Up podcast. We're not hypocrites. I don't think we we're are. We're not hypocrites, but this is, this is so... This is so different, guys. This, no, it's not so different. <laughs> you, can, you can hate it if you don't like it, but I think we can all agree here that this is years overdue. No, it is. And people years have been overdue. asking for it. Yeah. Like, people... Like I see so many times, like, this kid throws fast. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys need a gun. I've seen that. Not a this real is gun. Years a radar overdue. gun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I was just joking. I think it's good that well, no, we're No, people can it. say, like, this is stupid. You should wait till next year. It's not fair. It's, it's up for debate, absolutely. I mean, we should, like you said, we should have had it two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. you can't please everybody. Yeah. And I tried to make this happen um, in April, actually, was my first contact with this company. And then they had some internal shifting going on. Um, I lost contact with my initial contact because she was promoted. Well, or at least move positions. I don't want to say promoted if it's not true, but move positions or promoted um, or demoted, I guess you could say, but definitely not the case. Um, I'm getting into that too much. Uh, so I try to make this happen quicker. So it was here by the beginning of the season. Things didn't work out. I got a new contact within the company and we made it happen. So now it's here and I don't think it's, I think it's just stupid to wait until next year to implement this. It, the sooner the better, in my opinion. The reason I think this is okay and why it's different than the MLB foreign substance is because, like, MLB pitchers were so reliant on, like, what foreign substance they use for grips, but, like, where this is just, you're throwing it slower. Like, it's mm-hmm. easy to control. Well, really not, though. It it, I mean, like, it is. Like Kyle like, and I said, I think one person will be affected is McGlade. Possibly Bonham. Possibly Cratched. But overall, this should not change the that, game that's too the much. Point. It, it really shouldn't, because you should have already been throwing the speed limit. And off camera, we do say like, "Yo, that's top limit. That's top of this. That's too fast." Like we do have those conversations all the time at the Meadows. You guys just don't see it, so it really shouldn't change that much. But now it's going to be actually like digitally monitored, and have, we have physical proof of who's throwing what. Does that yeah, make sense? that the goal is to for people it to not to be too big of a hindrance. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to change. We have. Even though people say there's too many strikeouts in wiffle ball and all this stuff, like this season, we have guys who are hitting 500. That's the reality of it. We have guys who are hitting the crap yeah. out of the ball. So, I don't know. You have any more I comments think, on that, Jack, on the radar gun? I I'm just like surprised it's that fat. Like, well, I don't I think too. I could throw a wiffle ball 75 miles. An I don't hour. think I. I mean, once like, again, even if it was a, even if I was just trying to throw it straight, like not even try to. Um, what, you think pr- risers pretty much go faster than like a fastball in wiffle ball? Or no? Well, yes, because of 
like the way you throw a riser, like yeah. the holes of the ball aren't really like slowing it down as it's moving. Does that make sense? That's what I'm saying. It's almost like speeding it up. Like Pre- some of them might it's even speed moving, up. It's at moving the end. very, very smoothly through the air. Yeah. Or like my drop ball slows down a drastic amount on the way to the plate. A right. drastic amount. That's and why sli- sliders Hence do too. Drop. Yeah. Yeah. Kind so of slows and drops. Risers are very moving very quickly. I guess you could say picking up speed because they are rising against gravity, but I don't think that's true. Um, but yeah, I. I would love to hear your guys' opinions on whether or not we should have waited till next year. Um, at this point, a decision has been made, and we're not going back on the fact that it's going to be there. However, everything with how we use the speed limit and how it's implemented, uh, that's kind of a fluid situation moving forward. So, Dude, hitting a, hitting a Daniel Schultz knuck drop, knuck curve, or whatever mm-hmm. you call it, at 60, even 60 miles an hour has got to be somewhat equivalent to hitting like 105 miles. What were you throwing? Like that high 50s? Absurd. I forget what it was. Was it high 50s? Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I think it was like mid 50s, which is like mm-hmm. kind of what I want. Like to, like if I'm throwing my riser like 70, 72 miles an hour, that that's almost like a 20 mile per hour difference. Like that's, mm-hmm. usually that's pretty good for a pitcher because like it's just such a wide, it's hard to get used to such a, a pitch being so much slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan, we should probably go back to the... We don't have anything to do. We don't have any games this week. So we should probably go back to the medals one more time and uh, do some more demoing. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But what okay. You, what did you think about the series? You didn't really say a ton. Yeah, I was going to... I wanted to comment specifically... Um, yeah, I don't think the series surprised me too much, necessarily. I thought the D-backs played great again. Preds played solid. Two. I don't know if Tommy said it, but it was 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Uh, Diamondbacks. Correct. So Diamondbacks are 7-2 and two going into the break. Preds are 5-4. and four. Um... But you know what I think is making the Diamondbacks a great team instead of a good team? Um, what, I, what, what did I just say? They're making them a great team instead of a good team. Is that what yeah. I said? Okay. Um, I don't know exactly what you would say. What I would say is um, there's multiple things, but one thing is just how good of defense and they play and like that, Norp's defense that was my answer. after people hit the ball. Mm-hmm. That was my answer because it's – Unreal. I said this. I've said this while commentating before, but it is unreal. In a nine-out game, our games are so short. In baseball, you make an error, it absolutely sucks and can cost you in a game. There's 27 outs in baseball. With with a ball, there's nine outs, and I feel like the Diamondbacks are earning themselves possibly two outs that they that other teams aren't making per game. Maybe one or two outs per game. That's huge. Easily. There it's was, not more. And everyone's focused on Norp, but I, was, I watched the video just before this to get a quick refresher because it's been a couple weeks since that game was actually played. Um, there was a play where, like, I think it was Russell, after he got stung by a B, hit a ground ball to Wilson, like, in the yeah. shortstop position, out at first base. Like, that's pretty rare. To throw the ball across the diamond at the Meadows and get an out at first base does not happen often. And Wilson hasn't even played that much this year. And the ground at the Meadows, like, it's not like we're playing on turf. You get, you get bad bounces. Um, wiffle balls aren't easy to throw accurately and quickly and catch and... It's just unbelievable. And like the uh, the other thing is, it's helping them out so much. I know that I've definitely been guilty of it, and very early in my career too. Mm-hmm. Like the when a ball's hit, you gotta you shouldn't even really be thinking about like where you're going or what you're doing. Yeah, you definitely like, should, it already almost, know. It should already you yeah. should already know. Mm-hmm. And that like some like sometimes takes a little while to figure out. Mm-hmm. And the Diamondbacks across the board are just like totally the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Like they know exactly. What what they're doing when the ball is hit, and yeah. it's like almost like flawless. Their it's defense. insane. I'm not gonna say they're. they're I'm not like Norb's pitching flawless, is but good, but like people still make contact. Yeah, and then they get them out. Yeah, which is like the most defeating part of mm-hmm. being a batter against like that yeah, against a wiffle ball pitcher. That like hard you're to actually hit the hitting place. the ball. Yeah, and you still can't get on base. Mm-hmm. That was a factor in Oklahoma. I'm excited for you guys to see because that field's a 90 degree field, which. Like ninety what? Ninety degrees. So like baseball is played at ninety degrees. Like from like the foul lines break away yeah, play at okay. ni- a full ninety degree angle. Okay. Whereas wiffle ball traditionally across the world is not played like that. It's played skinnier because there's less people involved, so it'd be too, like it'd be too hitter friendly. That makes what sense. What do we play? We probably play at about sixty five, I'd guess. Oh, so like right in the 65, middle. Sixty five, seventy degrees. Yeah. So okay. it made a difference oh, I in didn't Oklahoma. Know that. Um so there were probably a lot more hits then. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say that, but it was, it was definitely more hitter friendly for sure, okay. and it was tough for two guys to cover all that ground. It was kind of it was kind of cool, um, but yeah, that's that was what I was gonna say. Most impressive about the Diamondbacks is the fact that their defense is just outstanding, and like I said, even one out extra that other teams aren't getting for one game is a crazy improvement in only a nine out game. What's that percentage? Why it's over ten percent? Yeah, it's crazy. I will say though that I think that um, should make teams. In the what national league, you guys are in the national mm-hmm. league. Feel a little bit better about their chances of getting out 
um, and making the World Series because, like, although that although they're playing good defense, that is like keeping them in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And wiffle ball, like a lot of sports, is a game of inches. You know, a couple of those hits are a little bit more to the left, or the ball takes a weird hop, mm-hmm. or it's spinny, or you know, Norp reaches out to grab one instead of a sweet one hand snag. Mm-hmm. It bobbles it or he drops it, and that's safe. You know, that can make a difference. So. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing that I did look at from this series too to wrap up is, um, you know, Norp. He showed he's not uh he's not immortal. He did lose a game. Game two, McGlade beat him. Yeah. Now I think he pitched back to back games for I think the first time this year, possibly the first time in his career. He's usually a game one and two guy or game one and three guy. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume that they're not gonna do that anymore. That's just my guess. But um, I don't know. Did you did you notice that or no? I did notice that, and that's why I thought that the. Uh the Preds would have been happy with that McGlade mm-hmm. win, yeah, exactly. especially because it came against Nort. But um, what do you? I don't know. What do you usually? What are your thoughts on the game? The game setup in terms of pitching. Um, you know what I mean? Like you pitching game one and two. Yeah, I always like. I always just like to trust the guy who's throwing. Like if he's throwing well and he's confident and he's getting guys out, um, put him back out there. Yeah. If he wants to, but it also can help and be very effective to change. You know what hitters are seeing. Nick Sailors had some pretty good success in the Wildcats going game two, and then Kyle com- seems to come back in and shut the door in game three. So, yeah, I'm not going to say there's one better answer than the other. I'm still surprised we haven't seen anybody try the two innings for a starter and then one inning closer every game. Well, Drew talked about he it. He did talk about and it. He didn't really do it. I've been waiting for someone to do it, he and I really honestly entertained the thought of that doing that on the Mallards this year. But because of my offseason lack of practice as well as my performances this year, there's just no way. I don't know, but dude. I think it'll be done at some point. It's a matter of when. It'll be when the talent in the league is insane. so insane mm-hmm. that, like, you have all the confidence that, like, you can just throw a guy in there for an inning and yeah. he's going to get the out or, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get three outs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. It's so hard to throw a strike in our league. It is. That to play two innings and then, like, you're trying to close the game out and win and you hand the ball mm-hmm. to a kid on your team and be like, just need three outs, that's mm-hmm. it. And then he's try- he's got to try to find the strike zone yeah. before he can get those three outs. Everyone that was in Oklahoma can vouch for how hard it is to throw strikes because we had the full-size homestand deluxe strike zone on the ground in Oklahoma, and I'm watching kids scrimmage and stuff, and no one throws strikes, and our zone's smaller than that. So yeah. that proves to you how, how hard it is. And I think people, a couple, yeah. of, ki- a couple of kids there who have leagues, um, they came out and saw us. They were like, "Wow, this is actually insanely difficult." Our like, zone, like, I don't know the dimensions off the top of my head, it's but like twenty-four it, by every 17, something every like single tournament I've played in, like every not you know not MLW league, mm-hmm. like wiffle ball tournament, they they've had the bigger strike zones, and it like always just throws me off so much. Like I feel like the MLW ones are pretty realistic as to what a strike zone would it actually is. be, but and the tournament ones like. I would strike out at something that like was actually at shoulder mm-hmm. level, yeah. and I'm like a tall. I'm like I'm six one probably. Mm-hmm. Like, are there any uh, tall. are there any biology experts in the room? I think I, think I just, Dan I think is I just remembered it. What's the graph Dan, called? You're not I'm gonna, a bio I'm gonna, expert. I'm gonna draw you the picture. What's the graph? You're not going to school for biology. <laughs> no, he's not. All right. What's the graph called that goes like this? It starts off, it's exponential increase, then it just decays. Is that called the carrying capacity? That's an exponential gr- carrying capacity. Yeah, the carrying capacity is where it stops. That's the line. So yeah. what's what's the actual curve called? Do you know or no? I think it's just maybe logistic growth or exponential growth. I think it's just exponential, exponential. wouldn't level off though. Yeah, you're right. But like the the part where it leads up is exponential, and it then is. it hits and carrying then, capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, think of like a population. If you look up po- population curve. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Population curve. Well, that's what it's for. Like if you, it's for an animal in an ecosystem that can't survive. There's right. too many of them. And they're they're going to exponentially grow. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. once it hits a certain amount, there's not enough food or whatever, and they so, die. So well, where I was taking that is, I think that graph represents pitching. Does that make sense? You have guys who are on the bottom of this. This is a terrible metaphor, probably, but hear me out. I'm following, I think. You have guys that uh, most of the guys are either terrible or really good. So it's, you're either on the floor or you're on the ceiling. That middle yeah. ground is a quick, ter- quick curve. I yeah. consider myself to be a middle ground guy right now where I can throw strikes, but I'm not great. But so say you're like, oh, we have too many walks in our league. You make that strike zone an inch or two bigger. You're gonna have guys like Dude. Norp, Cratch. You're gonna be all you're gonna see is strikeouts. It's well, we'd unreal. have to change everything. We'd have the, to back up the mound. 
we'd have to yeah. probably make the field a little bigger. Mm-hmm. I know some people are like, oh, it's, only, it's always a walk, a home run, or a strikeout. But what I'm trying to get at from that, if you want to Google like population curve graph or carrying capacity graph type thing, what I'm saying is, is the pitchers that are good are really good, yeah. and they're already that good on our size strike zone. And the pitchers who are really bad can't throw a strike anyway. You make the zone bigger, it just makes like pitchers that are already amazing even better, and it's just unfair to the hitters at that point. You know what I mean? And like you said, like a game of wiffle ball that we play is nine outs. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really that much. If, yeah. if we made the zone like a normal tournament size zone mm-hmm. and didn't back the mound up that much, zero, zero. the games would yeah. literally go into extra innings because it would be mm-hmm. whoever could just score first because mm-hmm. the pitchers are that good. Yeah. I agree. We got to we got to make the pitchers work a little bit. That's why we keep the zone like the way yeah, it is. Yeah, and once again, the the best pitchers in the league don't have a problem with it. Yeah, clearly they don't yeah. have a problem. So, cuz I can't hit off any of them. I just strike out <laughs> every time. <laughs> I feel that. Um there was one more thing I wanted to joke about on this on this uh video that came out. You guys may have remembered at the beginning of the video during the B-roll that me and Jack were hyping up the Suns, saying the Suns in four, Suns in four. Suns in four. Suns in four. Not only have the tides turned in the series, but Jack is also sitting across from me in a Milwaukee Bucks hat. <laughs> it is now Bucks in six, folks. <laughs> Big time Bucks in six supporters. Not that we were really Suns fans. <laughs> we were referencing a meme, but it's funny that yeah. Jack walked in with a Bucks hat. I'm like, wow, you got you flipped quick, buddy. Yeah, we were never really rooting for the Suns. We were not. I think at the beginning I actually was. I wanted for the, the Suns, Suns to win, but, but now I'm seeing how epic. It it would be if the Bucks like did what they're about to mm-hmm. do, and so I'm kind of like yeah. indifferent. I'm not. It would also be fan. sick if the Suns answer now and they went two in a row. And they went two in a row. Like the series as a whole, I am a fan of, and I'm. No- I normally don't watch the NBA, and I don't know why I'm into it a little bit more now. For this, I think it's mainly because it was like not the superstar teams mm-hmm. that, yeah, that everyone that's always highlighted like year. i'm I, I, yeah. exactly like i'm like i like the suns because like yes they have chris paul and devin booker mm-hmm. but they also got like a lot more role players to make their mm-hmm. team go and the bucks obviously have Giannis. yep but he, you know he hasn't really been able to break through and now he's getting a lot more support from their role players yep. like they're real basketball teams and the basketball they're playing is good so overall i'm just a fan of the series yeah, and it's a cool. I haven't really watched it to be honest. I don't really watch. It's funny. I don't watch a lot of sports at all, like at all. But um, I like. I'm a, I'm a fan of sports and the competitiveness in general. And I think it's been a competitive series, which is always good. Um, I'm probably but, too much of a fan of sports. I'll watch like any type of sport that's on. I don't know why my I'll my, throw my on like died. Like I'll I don't throw know on time like is the thing. I mean, dude, I, I've been getting into watching like Big Ten classic football games. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching 1999. Michigan State versus Michigan, and like, mm-hmm. I was born in ninety eight, so yep. that's a ways back. Wasn't what was the year? And it's awesome. Was it's so fun the, watching games like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, I lost the fire in me to sit down and watch a whole game of sports. One of my favorite things to do, like during the pandemic and uh, the quarantine, like when there was nothing to do, was go on MLB Network and record like nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties All Star baseball games. Because you could see, like, the best players how, all in one how game. How their swings were and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was so, so cool. If you ever need... If you're really bored, just do that. Because that was really fun to watch. I don't know why, but... That was the... Not, I'm not going to say what they do now is worse because, I mean, there's, there's a reason that things are being done the way they're being done now. But it is cool. Like, I feel like back then, you were just taught to hit. Like, it was just yeah. hit. And now it's like you're kind of... It's very mechanically based. Like, you're supposed to swing like this. This is how successful guys swing. This is their launch angle. This is their timing. This is the pitches they should be swinging at and this count and whatever. But everyone back then was just so raw. Yeah. Like everyone had their own unique thing. And now there's just a lot of clones out there. Out there. And hit that thing. Yeah. But like even. Well, I think like it's probably I w- cool, Dan. Sorry, Tom. It's probably no, cool like you. Uh, doing that because what you said about the All Star game, because these are all names you've heard a million times and you know who they are, know what they've done, haven't necessarily watched their games because you mm-hmm. just weren't alive mm-hmm. so that's kind of what happens um so that's pretty cool i, I like that idea mm-hmm. yeah i um funny enough because i used to be my least favorite thing to do as a kid but now <laughs> i think the thing i'm most excited for to watch is lions football sad sad to say i but love i, I, love I, lions. I like watching the lions. My, lions my roommates got me into that in college big time so now i'd say i'm a big lions fan i still enjoy watching the tigers a lot too but they play a lot more so i don't like budget yeah. time to watch it or like the lions i will budget time on a sunday to watch the lions and I, I like to- fantasy football too I totally f- like flipped when I was um, in high school and before. Mm-hmm. I was the biggest 
college football Yeah, me fan. too. I love like, watching college football. Loved college football. I would watch the NFL, but it wasn't the same. Like me too. I lived for Saturdays. I, so did I. That's all and I then wanted going to do in to high school, school Saturday, just chilling. Going couch. to school, I rarely watched like uh, sat down and watched a college football me game. Too. But every single Sunday I was there watching like the red zone countdown. Yeah, like, red zone. Five, red four, three, two, awesome, one, dude. and then I didn't move. Didn't move <laughs> yeah. the whole day. Dude, I'm the like, same. Like the way. only time I moved was to get the delivery, like the food mm-hmm. that was getting delivered to me, dude, so I could sit back on be the my, couch. This would be my last comment before we wrap it up for today. But yeah, I'm the same way. I would sit down. I didn't care who was playing. Like smallest schools out there, non-power five teams. If it was a college football game on, I would watch it in high school. I sit down on a Saturday. It's all I do. But now, yeah, I look forward to red zone on Sundays. It's fantasy football is partially the reason why. Love it. But I like the Lions too because the Lions are they're just they get your heart rate pumping and they frustrate you. But when they win, it's like wow, Lions got to win today. Yeah, it's just, it's just a good feeling. Most of the time, they break your heart. Yeah, they do break your heart, but it makes the wins that much sweeter. And it does. I'm gonna miss watching Stafford a lot. Dude, you know, I'm gonna miss him. He's a I, Hall of I'm Famer. Like a, I don't care what so any I'm, I'm of you guys like say. A, I'm not like a Stafford stand. Like I'm not like Matthew Stafford's the greatest and all this stuff. He, like, he he should be a Hall of Famer. Okay, he so will be a Hall of Famer. I'm, I bet you. I, I would guarantee. I he'll be sadly a Hall of Famer. feel like a bigger Rams fan going into the season than I do a Lions fan. Dude, so do I. I'm, I'm fine. Like really excited to watch the Rams play. If the Rams do good, I count that as a success. Oh, I, I for Detroit, for the city of Detroit. If LA does good, party here if the Rams win. Well, best case scenario. This probably never happened, but best case scenario, Stafford somehow wins the ring within the next like three to four years and then comes home. That'd be so yeah. sick. That'd be so well, sick. I, I mean, but I don't know if it'll ever happen. The Stafford thing, like, I from the beginning, I've been a fan of Stafford. Like, I was a huge fan of him in college, mm-hmm. and I've always been big on him for the Lions, even mm-hmm. though he's gotten like a ton of heat. Mm-hmm. And I've heard people be like, "We got to get rid of Stafford. We got to get rid of Stafford." Yeah, but I've, I just I've, know I've been on both sides of the fence. I just so I can't know talk much. Jared Jared Goff is a good quarterback, but I know at the championship, at, but he had a good defense. He did have a really good defense, but I know at some point this year, those same people who were like, "We need I to know. get rid of Stafford," whether it's in the beginning of the year or the end of the year, mm-hmm. they're going to come back and they're going to be saying the exact opposite, like. Wish we had Stafford. Back. I know. I, I, I just that's I, anybody who plays with a lot of passion and you can tell actually cares about the city, the fans. Like Stafford was like, like a good guy. Have you seen the rookie year mic'd up video against, against the, the Browns, Browns when he separates sick. his shoulder? Yeah. That might that, be one of the coolest crazy. YouTube videos. That I've game seen. is crazy. Yeah, I that think, game was insane. I think I watched a YouTube video. It was like the greatest game you've never seen because it wasn't on TV because this was during the blackout, yeah. right? Yeah. So if, yeah, we're okay. We're okay on time, but um. Yeah, so the Lions were so bad for a while there they couldn't sell tickets. So if you lived within like a 50-mile radius of the stadium, you couldn't watch the game yeah. on TV. They wanted you to buy tickets and go to the game. So if you lived within, like I said, 50 miles, you had to buy That's tickets how bad or you they couldn't were. watch it. That's how bad they were, and they were not selling tickets. So, yeah, a blackout game, not on national TV, um, not even on the local stations. The Lions and the Browns had an absolute battle, and Calvin Johnson had like three touchdowns, a crazy amount of yards that game. And then, yeah, Stafford separates his shoulder. He's mic'd up and goes back in and throws a touchdown pass. Or does he just hand it off? No, he, they, Isn't so. Like what, a little dump pass? So, the end, so he, he gets, he gets drilled throwing like, a Hail, oh, Hail Mary. Yeah. And, like, throwing, like, a bomb. Roughing the passer, right? Roughing the passer. Yep. They get it, and then they get a penalty where it's pass interference in the end zone. Mm-hmm. The classic Lions play yep. when we had Calvin Johnson where we yep. would just throw it to him even though their whole defense was guarding him. Mm-hmm. That play, yep. yeah, you've seen that one. Many times. Yeah, Awesome stuff. So we did that, and they interfered with him in the end zone. So time was over. There was no mm-hmm. time left in the game, but you can't end on a penalty. Yep. So we got the ball at the one-yard line. Yep. And... Matthew Stafford like tells his coach like he goes to the sideline. You can hear all this in the yep. mic dub. He's I like, can throw the ball. Yeah, he's like, I can throw the ball if you need me to throw the ball. Yeah, and they're like not even ready to let him go back in the mm-hmm. game. But he goes back in. Yeah, I wasn't Culpepper warming up or who was our backup at the time? I oh, forget. Dude, I don't even know. Probably like Orlovsky or like uh, Kitna or I, something. Yeah, I don't okay, even whatever. Know. Who cares? Whatever. And he, it was basically like play action, boot to the right, yep. and he throws it to uh, Brandon Pettigrew, I Pettigrew. think. <laughs> and they and we win. And then he's walking off, and people are like giving him attaboys and slapping move. him he on the shoulder. Move, yeah. And he they don't know his shoulders hurt, mm-hmm. and he's like in a bunch of pain. Now he from that moment, I was like, I like this guy, and he's thrown a lot of interceptions and lost a lot of games. Mm-hmm. But I'll always be a Matt Stafford fan. I'm, I'm a Matt Stafford fan too. Um, but okay, that's gonna wrap it up this week, guys. We just, we just, I just saw us cross the t- time we spent on last week's podcast. Funny enough, what? But just, just barely. We just barely crossed it about two minutes ago. Wow. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Once again, a very story intensive. Not too much wiffle talk, but um, 
I don't know. Let us know. Lo- love or hate comments. I-, I-, I read the DMs, and I like to hear what's going on. I can take my fair share of hate, so don't be afraid to say this week's podcast sucked or I love this week's podcast. But, Jack, what do you think about today's performance today? What do you think about your performance today, Jack, as an athlete here in the booth? I thought think? my performance was all time. I came in. I got a. I came in go with ahead. a new hat. Boxing box six. Don't wagon. forget that. Boxing yep. six. <laughs> That's a trademark. He was saying it all along. If you guys were wondering, yep. Jack, I'm gonna shake your hand right now. We're gonna make a. We're gonna make a commitment here that um, talk about how I, I like to hug the microphone and tell a lot of stories. But this week yeah. I, I had to because of the Oklahoma thing. Right. Naturally. You weren't there. Now, this weekend we do have one thing planned. We're going to the local Gus Macker tournament, but. I don't anticipate there being too many stories surrounding there, so I'm going to make a commitment that you are telling whatever you... This, the floor is... You're going to even do the intro next week. Intro, outro. Intro? You're doing it all. I'm doing everything. So come prepared. I'm going to be... Okay. I'm going to actually sit in your chair next week. You're going to sit here? I'm going to sit here. And I get to there. sit there? You're going to sit here. We're going to switch okay. up the whole vibe down here. We're oh, We're going to switch Tom. chairs, and we're going to let Jack do it, because I talk too much. Like I said, I wanted to do that this week, but I had to talk about Oklahoma with Dirty Dan and Kyle, so... Oh, well, I'm excited that's that, now. Okay, bring your A game again. I'm gonna have a great. I'm gonna have you, a great. I want to see you sweating in that post game interview after next week's. I'm gonna be so calm, cool, and collected, okay. but it's gonna be a great show. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in this week. We will be back again next week. Swagner will be in the main seat, and I'm uh, I'm excited. We'll catch you then. After a very long and tiring weekend in the city of, I don't know where, Oklahoma, Afton, I'm getting worried it was Afton, Oklahoma, hold on.